0: The new AM 740.
1: From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil? The boys are back. Let's talk sports.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can tune us in on 96.7 FM. Uh, Joining us in studio today, uh, welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Our golf, uh, sorry, our golf, our soccer obsessed uh, guru, Mark Kennedy. Welcome back, Mark. Good morning, Wally. Anyways, I'd like to... Uh, good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? I'm fine, Wally. How are you today? Good. I just wanted to wish all the fathers out there a uh, happy Father's Day. Uh, certainly uh, have a great day. Enjoy, uh, enjoy it as much as you can. Um, big week in uh, sports this week. Just want to announce uh, we're going to have a fabulous guest after the first, uh, after the first break. Canadian golf legend... Sandra Post, and uh, she's going to be joining us shortly after the first break. Naz, uh, you, uh, you I'm sure will remember Sandra Post very well. Uh, I she's do, yeah. Obviously in the news this week because of the tremendous, tremendous uh, um, performance by 18-year-old Canadian golfer Brooke Henderson, which has brought Sandra Post back into the limelight, not that she ever left the limelight, but reminded us of the tremendous career that Sandra Post had. And certainly we're looking forward to talking to Canadian golf legend Sandra Post coming up. And uh, in celebration of the Euro, Mark Kennedy, we've got you back. But uh, before we go to the Euro and all things soccer, Mark, bring us up to date on what you're doing soccer-wise and on uh, you're keeping the world abreast of what's happening in the world of soccer.
3: Well, I, I'm still writing my blog. I'm a Toronto FC uh, fan and a, a season ticket holder, and this is season 10 of Toronto FC and my blog, Mistake by the Lake. If you Google Mistake by the Lake, it's known as the blog of hope and fog, and uh, it's, it's a fan's diary. I, I don't pretend to be the greatest analyst But I am opinionated, which is why you keep on coming back to me.
4: Okay, talking (laughs) about opinionated, Mark. Ten years. Has it been that long? That's amazing. It seems like it was
3: yesterday. This is the tenth tenth season, yep. Anyways, Mark, let's cut to the chase here.
2: Forza Zuri. A tremendous performance by the Italian national team this week. Uh, Is it smoke and mirrors? And, of course... As our listeners may or may not know, Naz and I have a particular bias when it comes to uh, Not
4: me, not me at all. <laughs> I, well,
2: I'll, I'll I'll declare my bias. I'm not wearing my azuti shirt yet. Yet. Well, I'm 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 holding my cards a little bit close to the vest, but uh certainly an impressive performance against Belgium from a team that had been incredibly maligned coming into this tournament. Uh uh there's two sporting uh Two sporting passions that get that get my juices flowing. That's watching Canada uh, win uh, win gold medals in hockey, and the Azurian soccer uh, get get my juices flowing. And uh, so far, it's been a good week for the Azurian.
3: But where 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 are the Azuri going here, Mark? I'm going to ask you to hold off on the victory parade. I would point out that Naz, Wally, and myself could get together and beat Sweden. Um, we've got a we've got a game I think uh, this afternoon. Sweden is <laughs> oh dreading. Knee, you're such a skeptic. Sweden is dreading playing hey, listen, out, I against pay, the three of us.
2: I paid a lot of I paid a lot of money for my spot up on Woodbridge Avenue and on <laughs> on, on on College in St Clair. Just uh, just hedging my bets <laughs> in case be, two, uh, two
4: spots. <laughs> I got two spots at the same time. That's going to be a long hey, listen, parade. I, I, a
3: very long parade. <laughs> I, I'm
2: I'm a veteran of the 1982 uh, massive scene on St Clair and also the. Uh, the the o six uh, the, the event in woodbridge, so uh,
3: I was on two games in let's all, all, kidding as aside, a neutral <laughs> all kidding aside observer
2: all kidding uh, aside let 's size up the uh, let 's size up the first week of the euro. Um, certainly, Italy got off to a start that nobody had had of expected um, uh, Spain looked incredibly impressive against Turkey. the Germans, of course, are a force. As based always. on the uh, based on their World Cup performance from a few years back, uh, France I think haven't found their legs yet, but they will. Uh, certainly, I would think that the uh, class of the tournament, probably uh, going forward, is probably Spain, Germany, and France, and maybe Belgium and Italy might be out. Uh, outsiders are looking to crack. Certainly Italy's the team that nobody wants to play in a one game matchup. But tell me, what's your assessment? If I got am I looking at this right,
3: Mark? No, Wally, as as usual you've got it absolutely wrong. You always go to the final verdict. You want to know who's going to be standing on the mountain. Whereas the true fan likes to know about the people who live in the villages in the foothills. That's and way villages, too profound for me. And the villages in the foothills are filled with wonderful stories such as Iceland. Oh, well, I was getting to uh, that. Iceland's well, great story. Hungary, I was
2: getting to Iceland. Hungary, They're the
3: story of the tournament. I, I, I'm going to mispronounce the the name of the Hungarian keeper who uh, – is it it's spelled kateli but I don't think it's pronounced Keteli. Yeah. I think that dropped the T in, in, in the Hungarian language. But the, he's the guy who's 40 years old who wears gray track pants. I don't know if you saw him yesterday, but he looks like he he could play on a field almost anywhere. He looks like a beer league kind of player, and he's the national keeper. Um, so this is the first time the Euro has had 24 um, countries in it instead of the usual 16 and there hasn't been um, an embarrassment yet. Even yeah. small countries like Albania, although they haven't There, there won, may not b- have
2: been, been an embarrassment in terms of team-wise, but individual player-wise, there are some you know, there are some uh, things we may want to talk about.
3: But still, the the, the games have been gripping. Um, like, yeah. well, I, like I found goals... the most
2: gripping game yesterday was watching the Iceland-Hungary game. And Iceland um, – you know, they had, they had Hungary down, and there was about three minutes left, and they were just hanging on. And the amazing part about Iceland, what a story. Um, there's only 330,000 people live in Iceland, and apparently 10% of them were at the game. Like oh, they, yes, I mean, yes. the the island <laughs> has incredible. been evacuated. Yes, yes they've yes. evacuated ten percent of their population to go to France and watch the game. And they're you know I'll, you know they're obviously a huge minnow in in the grand scheme of things. And they you know but in a year of Leicester City, man, what what a story would be if if Iceland got through to the and they're not going to win the thing, but if well, they got through to the next round, that would be.
3: That would be the story. Let's point out that the euro does have a tradition of Greece, yes, Greece in two thousand and four, the Czechoslovakia back in nineteen seventy six. It does have a tradition of not always the powerhouses, the ones that you expect. I think in nineteen ninety. Denmark was yeah, Denmark, Denmark was was a, yeah. a last minute addition, and they won the whole thing so but Iceland but,
4: but you know you know what guys you can never you can never underestimate the Italians they seem to come up with big games when you don't expect it and the first game against Belgium they were the underdog a big underdog against them and well they, they had
2: lost through. to Belgium in a friendly a little while ago three to one three nothing came
4: through and you never underestimate the Italians. no the
2: Italians uh, you know uh when you know. They're, they're, in a certain certain extent, they remind me of the eighty two team in the sense of the way they came into the tournament the eighty two team came in had to they I mean they were down to the short strokes with the cameroon in in the preliminary round in, in the first three games. I think they tied all three games was There was a, a match fixing scandal. Rossi had been suspended for a couple of years. Um, nobody thought that team was going anywhere, and they barely made it through the preliminary round. And then you know they caught lightning in the bottle. I'm sure you remember this well, Mark. I, they I, beat I, Argentina in the quarters. They beat Brazil, and uh, they and worked Germany. Poland, and then they beat Germany. They worked their way to the finals. Unfortunately, I don't see a Paolo Rossi in this group. I don't see a Paolo Rossi in this group. Uh, that Italian team, as it turned out, had had a significant amount of talent that just didn't click. In the first round, does this Italian
4: team have that? They have a back line of defenders that are pretty hard to beat, though.
3: I I started off by criticizing uh, Sweden, saying Sweden wasn't much of a team, and I'll pull you back two years. Remember World Cup in Brazil? I had Belgium and Brazil as the finalists was my pick. I'm still, still angry at Belgium, so... Um, Belgium is a team that can look great one week and horrible the next. So,
2: anyways, uh, we uh, will we'll come back. We'll chat some more Euro later on in the show. Where there's certain uh, there's a certain gentleman that plays for the Portuguese national team that has struck the ire. <laughs> Of, uh, of a lot of people with his, uh, with his I call them antics. Is uh, he in,
4: is his number seven?
2: I think he is number seven. Uh, certainly, I'm not going to dispute uh, Mr. Ronaldo's talent. He's a sublime talent, no question. His on-field antics and his verbal diatribes certainly leave something to be desired, uh, and we want to chat about that. But we, what we really want to do is we want to go to break, and we want to talk right after the break with Sandra Post, one of uh, Canada's Canada's golf legends. We'll be right back.
5: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh!
6: There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabond Carly, the intelligent choice.
7: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
8: With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn.
1: Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on this Father's Day and if you're listening in downtown Toronto you can tune us in on 96.7 FM otherwise on AM 740. We're pleased to have join us Canadian golf legend Sandra Post. Good morning Sandra.
9: Good morning Naz and
2: Wally. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to have to embarrass you a little bit here, Sandra. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of people have been calling you this week because of the uh, great results from Brooke Henderson, but I, I, but I feel like I have to give you a proper introduction because you are a Canadian golf legend, and I just wanted to remind our listeners of your incredible accomplishments over the over the over the course of your career. You are a member of the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. You're a member of the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame. You're a member of the Royal Canadian Golf Association Hall of Fame. You're a member of the Order of Canada. You are voted one of the top 10 Canadian women athletes of the 20th century. And, of course, uh, you are one of the greatest Canadian golfers of all time. And uh, I just feel it was important to remind our listeners of your incredible accomplishments during your golfing career. And thanks so much for joining us.
9: Well, thank you. Uh,
2: Sandra, you know, obviously we had some fantastic results uh, Last Sunday in the Women's LPGA, but I want to talk a little bit about Sandra Post this morning as well. Uh, you turned pro at the uh, at the young age of 19, and in your first year as a pro, you won the same tournament that Brooke Henderson won, um, which was of course the uh, the LPGA, and it's a major. and Going back to that uh, that day, uh, and it was uh, interesting that uh, Brooke won in a playoff. You won in a playoff as well, except in those days, I guess it was an 18-hole playoff. And you had to take on the uh, the legend Kathy Whitworth, and uh, uh, very kindly, you gave her a bit of a butt-kicking that day, 68-75. What do you remember of that day when you beat Kathy Whitworth in that playoff?
3: Well,
9: I remember it vividly. Uh, it, it, just like you said, it was, uh, it was my first major championship I'd ever played in. In fact, back then on the LPGA Tour, we used to play three rounds, and, and that was my four, first four round tournament. So I arrived at Pleasant Valley, Massachusetts, and, you know, really a, a, sort of a green rookie, although, you know, I knew Kathy, I knew Kathy Whitworth since I was 13 years old. I'd played an exhibition with her in Florida, so I knew her well, and she was, you know, she was, you know, bigger than life, you're right. And there were people like Mickey Wright playing, and, Sandra Haney and Judy Rankin. It was, I mean, a tremendous field, and I was just a rookie. But after four rounds, I was tied with Kathy Whitworth. And the interesting thing is Bob Charles was winning the Canadian Open here at home at St. George's. So all the media filed their stories and ran to the airport and caught the last flight to Boston, and they all were there to follow me around and support me with my dad. My dad made that flight, too, and uh, for the 18-hole playoff. And, I mean, I just... I was just wanting to, to breathe. I figured I had second locked up uh, <laughs> playing Kathy uh, for the championship. Anyway, everything went in the hole. Um, everything. It's sort of like Brooke. I, I tipped in. I, I hit a wedge in the hole, and I shot 68 to her 75. And, um, you know, that was, uh, that, yeah, that was huge for me, huge.
4: Sandra, it's Father's Day today, and I, I'm sure that your father played a major role in your in your golf career. Tell me a bit about your dad.
9: Oh my dad! You know he's a farmer from Oakville, Ontario. I always said, you know, to think of five, a farmer's daughter from Oakville, uh, you know, could go to the LPGA tour and to win. But he was a good, a good, just a good all-round athlete. And um, you know, he won the you know, Oakville Club Championship. Uh, you know, played. He, he just he was a good baseball player. Um, he just and and he had two girls, and he really I think wanted a boy. <laughs> and so uh, when he we were in Florida in, in the early fifties. And he saw the sign LPGA. Well, the LPGA was only three years old, and I was five years old. So the next day he took me to the LPGA tournament, and I fell in love with women's golf. And uh, that was it. And he gave me all the opportunity, of course, along with my mother, um, to, to make it possible that I could one day be, um, be like the first Canadian woman... Professional
2: golf run tour. Yeah, certainly, um, uh, it was incredible. I actually, I still remember. Uh, I still remember reading about it uh, way back when, and I'd forgotten that that was the week where uh, it was the Canadian Open, I believe, at St. George's that year, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. um, And uh, there's one award uh, that, uh, in announcing uh, everything that you you, you accomplished, uh, uh, highlights of your career. The one that, that I uh, was leading to was. Uh, of course, you won the LPGA in 1968. You had an incredible career, and uh, probably from 78 to 81, you were certainly one of the top women golfers in the world and won a couple of dinosaurs. Shores. Uh, and in 1979, you finished second on the money list, and you won the Lou Marsh Trophy as Canada's greatest athlete. Uh, remarkable. And, Sandra, your recollections, the day that uh, you got the call and you won, you won the Lou Marsh
9: well, my first call was when I won the Bobby Rosenfeld that year, yep. and I had a dear friend working at the Toronto, uh, Toronto uh, newspaper, and you know he wasn't supposed to really tell me, but he called and he he could have access to me down in – I lived in Florida, and he uh, and he and he you know congratulated me on the Bobby Rosenthal Award, which is Female Athlete of the Year, and I was just thrilled, and then two weeks later he called me and he said you you've uh, you've won the Lou Marsh, I said what? I said, "He's." I said, "Who? Who did I edge out?" And he said, Gilles Villeneuve." And I go, "Whoa!" You know, to think that could beat hockey players, but um, you know, there would been a lot of women that won the Lou Marsh, and people like you know, Marlene Street, one of my heroes. And and um, it's, uh, hey, it's um, one of those awards that you just you just can't imagine that you're ever going to win.
4: You beat out Wayne Gretzky too that year. He was the MVP of the NHL. <laughs> That's an amazing feat. Uh, Sandra, you're in golf instruction now still, and that's great that you're still in the sport. How do you feel the game has changed since you you played your career and now?
9: Oh, well, it's changed. I mean, especially I just... I look at it from the women's side, and, and I'm just so proud of the tour. And, you know, the torch was passed to me from those great pioneers, those 13 women that, that started the LPGA. And, and you know, through the decades, you know, the torch has been passed, and to Nancy Lopez, to Anika Sorenstam, and, and now, you know, to all those young, young gals that are They're all teenagers out there. They're sort of foregoing university right now, the ones that are, Super talented, like Brooke Henderson, and they're going out on tour and making millions of dollars. But um, I think it's just—it's so exciting—the equipment, the you know how uh, the conditions of the golf course, the, the way they play. I just, um, I just think it's in, in so healthy, and I think especially because the LPGA is a world tour now, and it just is giving women from all over the world, from Korea and Thailand and China and, and just and from Europe, a, a just a tremendous opportunity to, to be the very best they can be. Uh,
2: Sandra, uh, of course. Uh... Brooke Henderson, uh, 18 years old, won the same tournament that you won a long, long time ago. And I was watching that sa- Sunday night. I switched over from the hockey. I thought, I thought the golf was way more compelling. Um, and Brooke Henderson coming down, uh, I think she birdied 17, if I'm not mistaken. And then, and then on 18, she had to scramble apart. Wow. From behind.
9: That, that was really a great four.
2: Oh, I Tremendous mean, she four. had to wedge it in and then sink a twelve fifteen foot putt under the most incredible pressure. Yeah,
7: and then that, and, yeah. and
2: then she stiffed the iron on the playoff hole. Um, how can you be eighteen years old and have those kind of uh, steady nerves? Uh, well,
6: look
9: at the young lady that she was playing against. <laughs> Do you remember when she won here in Canada back to back? I mean, she was she was even younger. Um, they're so conditioned early today. You know, they got great coaching and they've got great opportunity. And you know, in this country, I, I know when I was, you know, for years I was always said, I was always said, well, bad. you know, the Canadians don't have the opportunity that the Americans do. Well, Golf Canada has really made it possible. Uh, They are giving our development programs. That's why we've got so many. Again, I've been leaning a little bit more towards the women right now, but on the Symmetra Tour and the LPGA Tour, we've got a lot of young women that can really play, but they've been given a lot of opportunity from Golf Canada to play all over the world. They've got great coaching, and they're ready to play at a younger age.
2: We're talking a Canadian golf legend, Sandra Post, and just going back to Brooke Henderson, 18 and, you know, Certainly an uh, incredible career ahead of her. Uh, and you, uh, you know—you're quoted this week as saying she's fearless. Uh, obviously nerves are an important part of playing golf and confidence. And you know the, the five inches between the ears is often, is often described as the most important quality of a golfer. But what is it in Brooke Henderson's game that really, really impresses you?
9: Well, I think she's set some very lofty goals. I think she's very, very determined. If you look at her body language, it looks she walks like she's going to win. Uh, same, same type of walk that Lydia Ko has. Um, there's this young woman from Thailand, Iria Jutanagarn, is another one who is walking. They're walking to that finish line, and they just are defying that they're going to lose. And, and uh, uh, Rick uh, uh, has gone ahead and said her goal is being number one on the tour, and I don't think she will stop until she gets there. Uh, just by the fact that she's playing every week. I don't know how she's going to sustain it through this summer, uh, and with the Olympics and everything, but she is really strong. Uh, she's only about five foot four. But as I said, you know, she's, you know, if you ever put skill and will, you, uh, with an athlete, you always pick will because she's got tremendous will. And as I said before, she looked fearless. What did she have to lose anyway? You know, so she looked that Lydia caught right in the eye and, and beat her.
2: Uh, uh we're talking to sandra post of course sandra you've got uh, you've got a school of golf and you're heavily involved in golf instruction and uh, you're obviously a keen observer of uh, of golf swings and the technical aspect of the game as well um what is it that brooke henderson does in her swing that makes her so successful
9: well it 's an interesting swing, and in that first of all you know she 's not very tall, but she's got a forty eight inch driver underneath her, and she can really sort of hook it on out there a little bit. She grips down and and she's figured a way to keep up with the gals that really hit it long so so therefore she's not she didn 't put herself you know behind the eight ball right off the top she's really she 's got the length she 's got a great short game you know it 's a homemade swing it's not and there's nothing wrong with that. I can give you lots of people that homemade golf swing but it's not the classic golf swing that you see so much today and it's not a technical golf swing so much and i think that might be a good thing i think she plays a lot from feel and just belief in herself and and she deals with the situation uh whatever every shot that deals her she just hits it and carries on and um i think that's a, a good thing uh that it's it's um It just fits her personality. She's out there with of course, you know she's got her sister Brittany on the bag and they're nice little team and I I, she's just comfortable and she really feels like she belongs and she sort of fit her whole game and and around this and she knows how to score. That means if she's five under, she goes to six. She doesn't try to protect anything, then she goes to seven. Just look at her scoring average and look at the numbers that she has posted incredible and uh, so many so many 60s i can't i can't think of uh, the last time that you know uh, that many people you know that have shot that low score
2: well she saw it, she she shot 65 on sunday the lowest round of the tournament under incredibly uh, credible pressure conditions so certainly uh, certainly uh, uh held her own under the most difficult circumstances we're talking to Uh, Canadian golf legend Sandra Post and Sandra we talked a little bit off the air and you know that uh, we talk about golf uh, somewhat on the show we've got an instructor that comes on with us every now and then his name is Sean Clement and he's going to be on later on in the show and he's got one question for you that he texted in to me this morning and I'd like to pass that question on to you Uh, which was who was the ball striker that impressed you the most during your day?
9: Oh, I had to play against her it was Mickey Wright. Because she had height, she was strong, she just was just a smooth swing uh, Texan, and if you look up all the record books when they they talk about the top five swings of all time, Nikki Wrights the only woman that constantly makes that list, and I'm not only i she was she a very kind woman, very shy woman, but i was um I was just so lucky to be able to play you know in her time. Kathy <laughs> Whitworth won more, but she won it by she was just she just knew how to score. But as far as swinging the golf club, Nikki Wright.
2: Uh, Sandra, uh, we're going to let you go. We Thank you so much. But we do want to take this opportunity of allow. I know you're in golf instruction, and we've got a lot of listeners that are uh, looking to improve their games. If they wanted to contact Sandra Post to uh, have you work on their game, how do they get a hold of you?
9: Well, it's easy. Just Sandra Post Golf. I have a website, but... Uh, what i encourage people to do is just get out there and enjoy this game and then i'm sitting at i'm actually i'm sitting on my practice tee right now and a lot of fathers were here at 6:30 this morning uh playing i think they have to get home by noon but what a beautiful day to play golf and you know just keep playing golf because it is a game of a lifetime and and i know you can tell my passion for the game but i just i just it's been it's been my life
2: listen sandra um we thank you so much for joining us. We know that uh, you had to make time for us this morning, and uh, you, we really sincerely appreciate it. Uh, it's been a distinct pleasure for us. Uh, you are uh, one of the greatest Canadian golfers of all time, no question. And uh, it was really a treasure, a pleasure for us to thank revisit you. your accomplishments this morning. Thank you.
9: Happy Th- Father's Day, everyone. Thanks, Thanks so
4: much. Andrew. Thanks, Bye-bye. Sandra. That, of course, was Sandra Post. What a remarkable lady. You know who I compare her to on the on the men's side of Canadian? George Newson was a legend. You know, George Newson, Sandra Post. They kind the, well, of go the, side by side. Well, they you were know? the same era,
2: same yeah. era. Uh, George Newton, uh she talked about Bob Charles at that uh, the Canadian The lefty Bob open. Charles. Uh, lefty Bob. But George Knudsen, of course, had one of the great golf swings of all time. Um, and uh, I, I actually – I personally have – uh, fond memories of, of of George Newson. George Newson used to be an assistant pro at Oakdale Golf and Country Club at Jane and Shepherd in the old uh, North York. And I started caddying there when I was a little kid. And Newson used to roll in and used to hit balls and we used to shag balls for him. And uh, wow, what vivid memories. And Sandra Post, um, you know, um, it took... Not, not that Sandra Post was forgotten, but sometimes with these, with these athletes, they're not in the limelight as much anymore. I mean, Sandra Post has a great career as a, as a TV commentator. She's yeah, been a she's golf excellent. analyst. And uh, certainly when you talk to her, the incredible passion that she has uh, for, what she, for what she does is, uh, really attracts you to her. And uh, yeah, Knudsen and Post from the, uh, from the 60s and 70s. Uh, certainly incredibly fond memories. Uh, Mark? Mark? You've been silent here. Uh, any uh, any golf thoughts at all? Any uh, remarks on the Brooke Henderson? Uh, did that stir your passions at all?
3: All I can say is four. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so let's go for a break.
2: Anyways, it's time for our break. We'll be right back after the break. <laughs>
5: It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when they got up in my grill. Ponzo combo, ponzo combo. You get two ponzo with two toppings per, plus ten chicken wings. I say for sure. Ponzo combo, ponzo combo. That's nineteen ninety nine. A deal for real? A steal? Ponzo combo, ponzo combo. Yo, visit Pizzaville.ca or pound three six three six from your cell phone. Would.
0: Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta,
7: Infinity, and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodBridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's
6: an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigobon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice.
8: The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can
10: learn. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests.
1: They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And uh, coming up this week will be the opener at BMO. BMO is actually, if I look out the window, it's uh, within... Shouting distance of our station down here at Liberty Village. A
4: three-minute walk to the stadium. Three-minute walk to the stadium.
2: Toronto Argonauts are uh, starting off the year in their new home at BMO this Thursday against the, the Hamilton Ticats. Uh And Naz, you've got an announcement to yeah, make. Yeah,
4: we will be at the uh, opener, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Wally's on vacation, but uh, I will be there with a couple of other people from the station. And we're, we're giving away four pairs of tickets. The next four callers uh, at uh, 416-360-0740 or one 740 4740 they will be able to go and join us for the game.
2: Anyways, I want to repeat that. If you've got your finger next to your phone right now, we're giving away four pairs, four pairs of Toronto Argonaut tickets, great seats to this home opener at BMO this Thursday night. Should be a great game at a great new facility. If you haven't been to BMO, uh, Mark, I know you've been down there quite a few times watching TFC. You're not too thrilled that the Argos are taking it over, but uh, it's a fantastic facility. Uh, Give us a call right away. You can pick up a pair of tickets to watch the Argos. Our numbers, once again, 416-360-0740. 1-866-740-4740 one 740 I'm checking the lines. We've still got, uh, we've given away a couple of pair. Got a couple of pair to go. Toronto Argo tickets. One more pair to go. 416-360-0740. 740 4740 A pair of tickets to this Thursday night's Toronto Argonaut home opener. And certainly, uh, Toronto Argonauts. Uh, we're looking for a big season from the Argos this year. And next Sunday morning on the NAS and Wally Sports Hour, we'll be talking to the president of the Toronto Argonauts, Michael Copeland. He's he's agreed to come on the show next Sunday morning. Certainly looking forward to that. I uh, talked. I've talked to Michael very briefly. Uh, he's got some big new plans for for the Argos this season. We've got some. Uh, tailgating happening. We've got a new facility. It's a fantastic facility. Rogers Centre was just a horrible place to watch football game. Now. So really looking forward to uh, reigniting the passion for Canadian football uh, at, at the new stadium.
4: Yeah, they're they're trying to rejuvenate the uh, crowd here uh, by making the move. They're trying to get a boost in attendance, and hopefully, it'll work out for them. They got a long haul still, but uh, I know hopefully. you're a big
2: Argo fan from the old days, and uh, you know certainly we'd love to see the passion back with the Argos. And the interesting thing about the CFL, uh, you know, um, the uh, the there are a lot of people who still have an interest in the CFL, yeah. and it's and it's manifests We're, itself. In the ratings on TSN, the CFL football on TSN is always one of their highest-rated shows. So there are a lot of Canadian
4: Football League fans around. I've seen numbers of like four hundred thousand for an Argo game on on TSN. So the, some 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 people are watching. Oh,
6: and got, Mark Mark's got oh, his fist up here. But. Kennedy
2: Kennedy, the, the skeptic here. Yeah, uh, it,
3: you want you <laughs> want you want to chime in so we can cut you back to size, Kennedy? Yes, of course. Um, my heavens, the Toronto Argos. Um, be positive. Be positive. I, 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 then I, then words will <laughs> fail me. First of all, you, you gentlemen are in a wonderful position here to be independent and speak from the heart. And yet when you talk about the Argos and you talk about the Blue Jays, the, it's both situations in which they are sports teams owned by – media organizations. So when you turn on the TV, of course, Rogers is going to say, the Blue Jays are the greatest thing since bread was sliced. Watch a Blue Jay game. And when you're finished, watch another Blue Jay game. And now we've got Bell. So we've got TSN on the CFL bandwagon and they've bought the Argos. There's not going to be like, if I manage to get in a critical phrase against CFL and, and it's and its dwindling future it will be the only voice in the media
2: i think you're completely off base about that dwindling future by the way and oh, and and, and, and oh, making but, and making your but, point but, about but, um, about the sports conglomerates being being uh run by tsn and bell yeah that's a that's a, that is a really good point uh because yeah sports is run by two media companies in the in the, in the greater Toronto area. Well,
4: what's wrong with the Blue Jays? I mean, well, and, the Guba Blue Jays are
2: right, and and, 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 and and But Mark, that it is what it is. That's, that's that's the economics of sports in the greater Toronto area. That's the bottom line. So oh. Ro- Rogers and Rogers and Bell dominate sports. Not only do they dominate the sporting franchises, they dominate the media as well. well they, Fan five ninety, CTV, Rogers, everything else that's going on.
4: That's fine. The T-S- TFC is owned by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, so they're another group, right?
3: And I, I go every morning onto LinkedIn and try and contact all my billionaire friends um, <laughs> to see if <laughs> one of my billionaire friends can come and buy Toronto FC away from the dreaded what, MLSE but, so that there will be but, a, I, I don't, a sunny I don't, Mark, future.
2: Mark, I don't get your point on TFC. From what I can tell – TFC is a fairly successful franchise in MLS. Are they not? I mean, they are selling out for all intents and purposes. You know, before TFC, professional soccer in the Toronto area—I don't want to call it a disaster—but like, who was watching professional soccer in the Toronto area? I... TFC, whatever, however you want to, however you want to shake it out, they are a successful MLS franchise. How, t- how can you say that they're not? I
3: totally agree. Okay. However, there is a. And who are you going to thank for that? Who are you going to thank for that? Uh, I usually thank myself Why? and all the people sitting near me. Yeah, but an ownership been there? I mean, we since, we
2: can criticize. You know, it's it's very easy to criticize Rogers and Bell and all these conglomerates. You know, it's easy. They're billion they're billionaires they're billion dollar companies. But if it wasn't for, um, if wasn't for TSN. The Toronto Argos, uh, they, they they probably would have not, uh, not TSN uh, B- is Bell. Bell Bell took over the yeah TSN.
4: Yeah, Bell.
2: same thing. Uh, you know the Argos were on life support in Toronto, so they you know they've put their they put their dollars down. They they've resuscitated a franchise. They're going to invest some money in it. They're going to try and do
3: something for the fans Can you- and make a buck at the same time. There's nothing wrong with making a buck, Mark. I I'm I'm not opposed to making a buck.
2: Okay,
3: here. Let's put the media argument aside and save it for another day. My reason for for saying that CFL is dwindling is could you imagine a young basketball talent in Toronto playing a basketball game that is only played north of the border and he would have to adjust if he went south of the border – or uh, a Quebecois junior goalie who was playing under Canadian rules and therefore isn't going to be chosen for a south of the border team. The CFL, it used to be wonderfully charming and unique that it had Canadian rules, but Canadian rules is a is, puts a ceiling on the on the game. If you are a young, talented football player in Ontario or Quebec. You want a college scholarship. You want to go south of the border as soon as you can to play real football the but way you, football But, you know, the university,
4: the university level football is very good here. And there are some players – there's there's not many, but there are some players that go down to the NFL and make it
3: from the and uh, university. Every year I go and see the Guelph, Guelph Griffins yeah. play. I, I agree Tennessee. with you. If we were We're, talking about what to do for this fall, I'm going to ask you you to hold that thought.
2: Mark, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought. We have time. We're going to come back to it. CFL is dwindling, and our listeners can't see this because we're on the radio. Uh, Mark Kennedy, for some reason, I is unexplainable, decided to take his shirt off. He's now wearing his Portugal, his Portugal. uh, Is that a World Cup jersey? Whatever it is. Anyways, we're, we're going to come back to that. Anyways, we've got Sean Clement on the line. And of course, Sean, Sean is our, uh, our golf guy. He's, you can find him in wisdomengolf.com, uh, one of the world's great internet teachers, and uh, also on YouTube, almost 30 million hits. Remarkable. Uh, you can find him at Sean Clement on YouTube. Sean, good morning. How are you?
10: Morning, guys. Fantastic. Just played my early morning nine holes, and I'm ready to ready to attack the U.S. Open.
2: Let's go uh, talking about the U.S. Open. Your thoughts on what you've seen the first couple of days at Oakmont?
10: Oh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of just a lot of positioning. Um, obviously, it's a struggle. It's uh, that's the kind of course, and uh, you're, you're going to see uh, you're going to see some big numbers on on certain holes. But uh, the way it's shaping up right now. I think it's, uh, if Shane Lowry just plays an even par-ramp golf, he's got it, if he doesn't make any, any too, too serious a mistake. And uh, he's done well, in he he's won a, a world uh, golf event, and uh, he's been in the position before. I think he's going to do quite well. And, and if he does falter, then I think Lee Westwood and Dustin Johnson uh, are looking pretty good.
2: And on the, uh, the back nine on the U.S. Open, uh, last nine holes under these difficult conditions, yeah. Um, what what uh, what should golfers? What should a DJ be thinking about who didn't have the result he needed last year? Uh, what what gets a golfer to the finish line and, and hold up under these most trying of conditions?
10: Yeah, it, you know it's the fight or flight uh, syndrome. It's uh, when when you haven't experienced it enough and you haven't been in that situation and you and you feel uncomfortable, you will you will have a flight but if uh if you're feeling good about your your skills at that moment and or you're feeling good about you've been there before and you know what what is going to transpire and you're tired of it then then you start the fight. And uh Dustin Johnson and Lee Westwood are in that position right now. They're they those are they they they're, they're getting ready for a good fight today and and Shane Lowry's got to be uh you know this is a big prize. So Shane Lowry's going to be on his toes for sure
4: yeah, three of the guys uh, you mentioned two of them, Johnson and Westwood. Garcia is not far off either, is he Sean:
10: Yeah, he's at even par, so he's seven shots back. I mean right. he's, he's going to need he's gonna need some help from Shane Lowry for sure.
4: We're talking
2: to Sean Clement. Sean, uh, we had Sandra Post on the show earlier, and yeah. uh, what a remarkable lady and what a remarkable career. But I asked her I asked her what she most impressed her. And I know that you're what most impressed her about Brooke Henderson. And I know that yeah. you're a huge Brooke Henderson fan. Yeah. And we've been talking about Brooke Henderson on the show for the last year and a half.
10: She's a fighter.
2: And you know, and this is what what Sandra Post said that she liked about Brooke Henderson's swing. And I thought this was perfect for you. And I want you to I want you to comment on it. She says her swing is homemade. She says her swing is self taught. Yeah. That she believes in herself. And it's not overly technical. Correct. That's what Sean Clement teaches, isn't it?
10: You bet. Absolutely. It's uh, you know you have a specific action. Now she's she you know it's like I asked when, uh, when I when I, I shared some time with Pete Sampras, and I asked him. I said, Pete, when you're doing a topspin forehand, how do you hold your racket? And he says, I don't know. I just do it. You know, because they've been doing it from such a young age. They just know what the feel is. They, they already they see the shot. They feel the shot. There's, there's no thinking involved. It's, it's a beautiful delivery into that picture. And you look at the way she fought herself. You know, she fought extremely. I mean, it was a knockout punch in that playoff. With Coe, she said, hey, you know, Coe's on the green. She's going to do her thing. She's going to be the steady Eddie. If I'm going to take her on, I've got to take her on right now. And she did it. It was unbelievable. It was uh, just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And she's a fighter. I'm, I'm so proud of that girl.
2: Anyway, Sean, uh, we've been uh, talking to you once again. We wish you the best. Uh, certainly, if listeners want to catch up with you, Absolutely. Uh, wisdomandgolf.com. It's a fantastic website for golfers who want to improve their game. Yes. Sean Clement. That's
10: what huh? we do best. We get you to feel that picture so that you, you 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 know what to do from within not to think yourself away you know like a, like a puppet master
2: and certainly on uh, on youtube some fantastic fantastic material on your channel sean clement or if they want to find sean clement and they want to see you personally at the richmond hill golf learning center at bathurst and highway 7 sean once again thanks so much for joining us happy father's day everybody same to you thanks so much all the, the- best that, of course, was uh, Sean Clement and uh, keeps making the point. And, you know, it, the golf is in a world where, you know, they dissect and they analyze and it, everything's technical and this and that. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, sometimes it just comes back
4: to holding a swing and just feeling the swing and, and just hitting the ball. You remember in the old days, they, they never got hurt, the golfers. Now their backs and ribs and arms and they're, they're always hurt. It seems like the, the the guys on the tour are always hurt. Are, are they being taught properly, or what's gone gone with the game, Wally? Well, interesting.
2: Uh, it's got overly analytical. But I want to move on from that topic. We've got one Argo uh, pair left, one Argo pair left for this Thursday night's game. Give us a call at four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero. Four seven four zero. Give us a call if you want to uh, win that pair of Argo tickets, or if you want to chat sports, give us a call. We'll take your call. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Mark Kennedy had the uh, audacity to come in studio today and provoke me with his Portugal sweater. Uh, by the way, is that Portugal sweater wearing a – has is it, is it got a number
4: 7 on it somewhere, Naz? Do you no, see number 7 13, on it? I saw 13. There was no 7.
2: Anyways, uh, getting uh, uh, rid of the sarcasm, I do want to have a serious conversation about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who is one of the more sublime talents in the world of soccer today. There's no denying that. But I think sometimes his antics and his comments leave something to be desired. What uh, peed me off about Ronaldo this week – was his comments about Iceland after the Iceland game. He had the temerity to suggest that Iceland didn't deserve to be at the tournament or that uh, they were undeserving because they just play a game, a, what they call a cynical defensive game, and uh, had the nerve to
3: criticize Iceland. I thought that was a little over the top. Uh, Mark, come on. Um, I totally agree. He said that the Icelandic team had a small mentality – um which is a, sh-
2: a small nation but not a small mentality but
3: but they had let- a big mentality let's let's do some research though and point out that cristiano ronaldo uh was not born and raised on the mainland of portugal i believe he was born and raised on a little tiny island off the coast of portugal one of the azores um so Speak, you know, if, if, if that doesn't prove that you can come from a small island and end up with a very big head, um, I don't know. Uh, he's
2: certainly got a big head, and you know what? He's, he's, he's the sporting world's biggest prima donna as far as I'm concerned, but I will recognize his talent. He is one of the finest soccer players of this generation, and it's just – to me, it's unfortunate. That uh, uh, some humility doesn't come along with it. Having said,
4: he missed a penalty kick yesterday. He hit the post. But having said that, Ronaldo is far beyond anything Portugal has other than him. I I will acknowledge from a talent perspective. He is so good compared to everybody else on that team. They're not even close to him.
2: Anyways, we have a call from Mike from Guelph. Mike, uh, good morning. How are you this morning? Mike from Guelph, are are you there? Mike from Guelph? Nope. Anyways, going back to uh, Ronaldo and his talent level. We've always uh, chatted. And you're an astute, astute observer. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, top three soccer players in the world right now. Right now? Um,
5: <laughs> oh, I, um,
2: it's not a tough question.
3: Well, it it is a tough question when we've been looking at the Euro and it's been – the teams that, that that come forward, not the individuals. Uh, you know, Ronaldo is an individual who would be a top three talent, as would be Messi. And, um, you, the Chilean? This is a, the Chilean. Oh, well, my third, and you, you guys should have seen this coming, my third greatest soccer player on earth is Bastian Schweinsteiger. <laughs> but that's because I love to say <laughs> Bastian Schweinsteiger. And he
4: comes off the Perfectly bench and episode. scores. He comes off the bench in the 87th minute and scores. Anyways... Uh, I thought of you, Mark, when he scored
3: that goal. Schweinsteiger.
2: A couple of... Uh, you know, we're getting down into the short strokes in the Euro pretty soon. We're going to get past the first round. The dust settles. Uh, first round for a lot, of, a lot of teams is just to shake the cobwebs out, uh, get the legs moving, and nobody necessarily takes it all that seriously. Uh, but uh, they're going to get serious pretty soon. And we went back to the question of who who, who are they going to be the last two teams standing uh, and we mentioned uh, germany we mentioned france we mentioned spain um, certainly it would not be a surprise if the winner came from those three teams uh, if there's going to be an outsider here other than iceland
3: uh mark where where's uh, we're we going to get the outsider from you know i like to be consistently stupid it's going to be belgium Belgium has got such a, a, a team of talent, individuals that don't gel. If they gel, look out for Belgium. And uh, dark, other dark horses? Croatia. If Croatia surprises Italy, Croatia can be a team that's very well set up for, uh, for success in this tournament.
4: Anyway, so we, uh, sorry, go ahead, Ness. I think it's going to be Italy and Spain again, rematch of uh,
2: – Well, I don't think Italy – can Italy and Spain yes, meet in can. the final? Yes, in they the can. In the final?
4: Yeah, they can.
2: Because uh, Italy goes through f- first place in this round. Spain yeah, goes uh, we've, through first place. I checked place. it out. They can meet. So Italy would probably get Croatia in the next round. Yeah,
4: get Croatia and they're going to get – they could get Spain in the final again. That would be something.
2: That would be uh, – that would be uh, get, them, get them all excited again in Woodbridge and down on uh, St. Clair <laughs> College or whatever whatever street uh, well, Ford, the Italians St. celebrate Italia. on these days.
4: Anyways, we're certainly going to be looking forward to that. Naz, quick recap on the Jays. Oh, the Jays are playing uh, extremely well. Their pitching is, uh, is held up and their hitting has come back. And it's nice to see Saunders had a big night Friday night, three homers, eight RBIs. You've got Encarnacion that's tearing the cover off the ball right now. And uh, things look good for the Jays. And Boston's pitching, and Baltimore's pitching is faltering. So look for the Jays to pass them, and I think they'll win the East comfortably.
2: Certainly. July July is the the month from last year. The Jays uh, turned it on, so we look forward to that. The big, big NBA game tonight. We'll be keeping an eye on LeBron and Stephen Curry. And uh, Game 7 promises to be an incredible game. And LeBron uh, is a beast. He's he a was beast. just...
4: Awesome. I think they're going to win it. I think the Cavaliers are going to win tonight.
2: Anyways, our time has come to a close for this Father's Day uh, edition of the Nazo Sports Hour. Once again, a happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Mark, it's always a pleasure button heads with you in studio. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll get you in a Zuri sweater. We've got to get rid of that Portugal sweater. Anyways, to all our listeners, have a fantastic week, and keep an eye on the Toronto Argos
0: at the opening at BMO this Thursday night.